Hello there. Pizza like to welcome you to Banter on Fespin. So uncivilized. Excuse me. Enjoy the show. Everybody back on this glorious Wednesday to banter on best from the podcast debating and detailing the galaxy far, far away. I hope you peeped our new logo. Um, I actually decided to spend some actual time on it and put some actual effort into it this time. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm Cheats, doing really well, guys. Uh, I, I really think Andy finally caved and made us a logo because he realized I was spending extra time editing after every episode, and he felt bad, he felt bad about it. But uh, let's just give him a round of applause, everybody. He finally did it. He's the man. Yeah, I. Uh, the only thing I contribute to this podcast is uh, my knowledge and my voice. And that is it. Cheats is our producer, our director, our everything. The other motivating so. factor behind Andy creating that logo was uh, asking an actual graphic designer to help us out and realizing uh, we did not want to pay that much money. So he quickly learned how to do it himself after finding out how much it would be. So, uh, Katie, if you're listening to this, um, I appreciate your talents and thank you. We just can't afford it. Yeah, ding, ding, but... ding, ding. <laughs> Man, I am. I know we were kind of talk, talking off air earlier a little bit about my maybe not so great mood, but uh, you know What's what that? I just realized? I woke up this morning. It was a brisk 55 degrees. And the most important thing is, son, it is freaking game week. Finally. Finally, it is game week. I am prepared to be hurt all over again as I watch my Michigan Wolverines probably only win by 10 to 17 points against the Western Michigan Broncos. And I you heard it here, worse. folks. Uh, Andy thinks college football is more important than Star Wars, and that's why we started this college football podcast. We tricked you all. This is episode three of uh, uh, Moan About Michigan. <sighs> That'll probably be a common thing. <laughs> This football season, folks. Um, anyway, anyway sheets, uh, have you heard any new Star Wars news or anything this you week? No, I haven't heard anything. But you were mentioning something about Andor was going on this week. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Um, I believe it was from uh, Star Wars News Net again on Twitter, and uh, they said that um, I think we rehashed last week that Andor was finished filming, and this week. Um, we got a little insights on what some of the settings in Andor may be, and I got really excited about this. So uh, we found out that Andor is going to go back to Coruscant at some point. I don't know if it's going to be like the main setting or like just a brief cameo, but I don't know how you feel about Coruscant sheets, but it is probably one of my favorite planets. I've definitely enjoyed it every time we've gotten it on screen. Um, I just, I like the vibe of the planet. It's different than a lot of the other places we go in the galaxy. So it's definitely fun to go back there with, with a character that I thought was pretty interesting in Rogue One. Right, exactly. Um, and I, I don't know if you ever read, and we may make a podcast out of this later on. Um, did you ever read Colin Trevorrow's script? Uh, I read highlights, and then I think public. you described it to me in about an hour and a half phone conversation one day. So I kind of know the gist of what was going mm-hmm. on. 
that, that sounds like me. Um, but evidently, in uh, his version of episode nine, um, Finn and uh, man, what Rose and R2 and C3PO were all supposed to go back to Coruscant to like the Jedi Temple. And I really wish we would have got that instead well, of what you know, we got. Everyone, so everyone just loved hopefully. the solo Finn and Rose part of episode eight so much that Disney just didn't want to ruin that special moment we got from The Last Jedi with the, the casino scene of Rose and Finn really, really making that whole movie what it was. So... Top five scenes in all of Star Wars, right there. <laughs> Please do not unsubscribe if you've enjoyed um, us up to this point. We we promise that was mostly a joke. We uh, we we do not advocate that scene. To be fair, Episode Eight is one of Sheets. Yeah, not that Star scene Wars though, movies. guys. We got to We'll get there. That'll be a whole podcast ah. in and of itself. Don't unsubscribe until you listen. And then, if you still disagree, <laughs> well, Andy may not feel exactly the same. You could still listen to him. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was really the only Star Wars news um, I saw this week. Kind of slow. Um, Star Wars Visions comes out a week from uh, Wednesday, I believe. That sounds right, but I don't. I don't want to agree with you. Actually, I think no. A week, a week from today, it comes out a week from today, September 9th. Or I don't know if that's a week from today, but it does come out on. I just, uh, just want to remind you all that Andy is completely wrong, and after a quick Google search, it's uh, September twenty second. That'll be. Star Star Wars Visions ah. releases September twenty second, so that's exactly three weeks from today. So, so a week from today, give or take <laughs> a couple weeks. So, so we will uh, we'll probably be covering. I don't know how long those will be. I'm assuming maybe fifteen to twenty minutes, um, but we'll be covering those uh, every week. So make sure to come back after this disastrous opening. And uh, make sure to join us for that. Before we butcher any other news, I just uh, I think we should just move on. Uh, This first half of the episode, we're going to talk about Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. Uh, Season 2, Episode 2 came out last week. That was uh, covering the finale of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. So uh, let's kick it to you, Andy. What were your thoughts on the episode in general? Oh, oh my gosh, man. I mean, starting off, uh, we'll just do a slow, moderate round of applause for the VFX and the technical artists that work at ILM Studios and Lucasfilm. I mean, my goodness, the hours that they put in um, just in this episode alone, let alone all the other episodes of season two. Um, but I should probably tell the people what I'm talking about. So this episode uh, focuses on the season finale of season two of Mandalorian, specifically on Luke Skywalker coming to save Grogu. And they broke down how intense the process was of de-aging Mark Hamill. And I forget the other actor's name who stood in for him, but taking those two men and then 
gathering hundreds of different clips from different lighting settings, from different interviews, from different movies of Mark Hamill, from what he would have looked like post uh, Return of the Jedi. And I don't know about you, Josh, but I had no idea that that amount of work and effort took place just to get us that one quick scene. I, I mean, I assumed it was a very complicated process, but just seeing behind the scenes how many hours it took for, like, 30 seconds of screen time, it's it's mind-blowing for sure. No, and I just, all the different technology, because I know we've gone through, uh, they shoot the majority of the scenes on the, I think it's called the volume, I believe it's called, and then they had, I believe they called it the egg, which did a bunch of face scans from Mark Hamill, and the way that John Favreau, like, just explained mm-hmm. everything, it seemed like a second yeah. language, but uh, it still made me understand it, which was pretty cool. Um, but speaking of Mark Hamill, how did that make you feel, that uh, Mark Hamill's response to everything, to being asked to to come back and re reprise his role as Luke. It was Stone. really touching. I think he said something along the lines of like it felt like an obligation to him when he realized like how close they could get it to making it appear like young Mark Hamill was back on screen. He 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 said he initially thought like oh of course they'll just recast Luke Skywalker. He he wouldn't have had an issue with that. He didn't he didn't even consider that this was an option. But once. Once John and Dave, for lack of a better term, suckered him onto set, uh, telling them, telling Mark, <laughs> like, hey, we just want you to check out the set, see what's going on, maybe do, like, a cameo voiceover. When they had this they had this plan to ask him all along, they just didn't tell him over the phone. But uh, once they explained it to him and showed him some evidence from, like, like they talked about how they de-aged some people in Ant-Man, and obviously they kind of recreated... Leia uh, in Rogue One. Uh, they showed him different stuff like that and how the process had enhanced even more since those projects that were in the years prior. Uh, Mark said he felt like it was an obligation or something along those lines. I don't want to misspeak, but um, yeah, I it was, but it was just like that. Yeah, like almost like just that. the way Mark spoke about it. It makes you realize how much he cares about the fans, how much how much Star Wars means to him, which is really cool to see. I mean, favorite our favorite actors aren't always as as fanatic about the franchises as we are, but Mark really seems to care. You, you, you I didn't say any before. names. I you can't. <laughs> Andy said it, people, not me. I mean, oh, um, no, and that actually, that's a good segue to uh, probably my favorite part of the episode, and that was the emotional weight that everybody took and the caution that they took uh, with this character and with this scene, just hearing Dave Filoni and John Favreau um, talk about just going back to what Star Wars meant for them when they saw it in the theaters for the first time and how they wanted to be, shoot, I think, I want to say John Favreau said, like, 
they wanted to make it like an intergenerational mm-hmm. experience so that like it it's not going to die with our our parents generation it's not going to die right. with our generation that there's going to be kids who are you know probably sub 8 years old that look at grogu and they have that emotional connection to grogu and mando that we've had to luke and uh, Obi Wan oh, and for Anakin, sure. I mean, there and was all these other characters. Just think of how many thirty, forty year old dads who grew up like watching Star Wars, who sat down to watch that episode, and then Luke Skywalker pops on screen. Like the bond they now have with their child over this is is really remarkable. And at least in my opinion, and I talked about this in our very first episode where. Josh and I broke down what we both love about the Star Wars uh, series as a whole and what connects us to it is that just like, I love how we put it, the intergenerational relational just feeling you get with it. Um, Like you said, Josh, like these dads are sitting down on the couch and their kids are just enamored with Grogu and Din and then, their dad's hero comes on the screen to save everybody. And like you said, that's, that's a moment that nobody will ever forget if it, if it means a lot. It's definitely exciting. And just hearing the way they were talking about it as well, looking forward, I now I'm definitely not going to rule out more Luke Skywalker in Mando season three or other projects. Just hearing, hearing Mark talk about it and hearing Dave and John talk about it. I wouldn't be shocked at all if we at least get more more cameos from Mark. Oh, I I definitely agree with that. Um, and especially it'll be a lot easier now because another part of this episode was they went into the secrecy of everything. They did not mm-hmm. want this to leak out at all. They had code. They had a. They said they had code words for Luke Skywalker. Um, Filoni and Favreau actually had the artists make concept art um, for Plo Koon because that was the Jedi that they put in the script. Dave's, Dave's was reasoning was everyone knows Plo Koon is my favorite Jedi, so it's totally believable in case it leaks. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I thought that was a, uh, I thought that was really cool, and uh, overall. Um, I love the behind the scenes stuff of these uh, Star Wars shows. I love the behind the scenes stuff of the Marvel shows, just how everything's made and the um, how you get to see how much it really means to these actors and actresses um, to be a part of these stories. And you can see how much it means to these directors and these uh, screenwriters and all the people involved how much it means that they have the privilege of being involved in all this. I totally agree. And uh, moving forward, now that I've seen the fake concept art, uh, I would like more Plo Koon, Dave. Find a way to do that in live action. Pretty please. Yes, please. Uh, That that, uh, pre-visual of uh, Plo Koon's head on Skywalker's (laughs) body uh, made me me just want more of Plo Koon. And... uh, Maybe uh, maybe that's so. the twist Kip to Fetso. season three is uh, Luke will just remove his face mask and it's Plo Koon underneath. I I would love it. <laughs> I'd mark out for it. It'd, it'd, get, yep. it'd, it'd get a thumbs up for me. Well, did you have any other thoughts on the episode, Andy? I thought it was just 
overall a really great look behind the scenes of the the finale for season two and definitely just kind of builds hype and makes me wish season three would be here sooner totally agree um i got uh not quite as emotional but uh still a little emotional watching uh just then saying goodbye to grogu again and uh i just love as i said earlier these behind the scenes um episodes because you see the amount of work that everybody puts into it and it makes you appreciate it just a little bit more and uh it makes you feel like less of a nerd when you're like oh man these people are like way more nerdy than i am and that's really no i totally agree man i think we're we're on the same page about it and i hope we continue to get behind the scenes stuff like that it's just really great behind it's just really great to take a look behind the curtain i do too i even think uh it would be kind mm-hmm. of a different take on it. Um, but I think it would even be cool if we like maybe got like behind the scenes stuff yeah, of the animated yeah, series. Cool. Um just because I know we gushed over the music and the animation from the Bad Batch. And it would be really cool to be able to put like n- names to faces with some of these animators and uh like the Kiner brothers who did the score for it. Um, I would really like to hear like their input on what it was like for them and just how the technology has changed um, just from year to year with these different animated series. So I don't know if they'll ever do that, but I think it would be kind of cool if we got a peek behind the curtain. Of no, the I animated agree show. for sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, it's time for Sheets Comics Corner, episode three of this podcast within a podcast. This week we're talking Star Wars, volume one, Skywalker Strikes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this was one of the first comic series that Disney started producing after they bought uh, Lucasfilm from George Lucas. We start on a planet okay. that I do not remember the name of because i that's one of my biggest flaws in being a Star Wars fan is there's a lot of planets and I have a bad memory. So we're just going to say it is a generic battle planet number one. If it turns out it's an important planet, forgive me. But uh, we start with Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa, Han Solo, Chewbacca, and R2-D2 in the middle of a very important battle with the Empire. They are on an Imperial base trying to destroy the entire base. They get to the uh, the power core or whatever it is, and they they sabotage it. So in their mind, they can now fly away safely and everything will be okay. When all of a sudden, uh, Luke feels a, a disturbance in the Force, and it's it's Darth Vader. So Luke encounters Darth Vader. At this point, we learn that Darth Vader obviously still doesn't know that this is Luke Skywalker. All he knows is that this is a boy with a lightsaber, and Obi-Wan is the person who was training him at the time. Um, So Luke and Vader are kind of going at it with with their lightsabers. Darth Vader... Uh, knocks Luke's out of his hand. It kind of looks like he's going to kill him. But obviously, this is in between episodes 4 and 5, so he's not going to kill him. We kind of know the outcome. But um, So then, uh, out of nowhere, the building kind of explodes, and there's like a ship, 
and Luke escapes into, um, I think it's an ATST, but uh, he gets in the ATST and the whole crew is in there. They think they're off scot free because Darth Vader is now like he was piled under a bunch of rubble, and Han is like, ah, thank God that guy's gone. And then Leia and Leia just kind of looks at him and she's like, uh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. And then it's just, they're still going at it, and the, then the Rebels realize that, oh crap, they kind of fixed the the over the override of the core, and the base is going to be fine now. But they still realize they need to get out of Dodge, and uh, at this point, um, they're in the ATST trying to take out a bunch of the Imperials, and all of a sudden, the one of the legs of the ATST is just frozen in air, and Han's like, uh... What the heck's happening? And they see Darth Vader below, just holding up a hand. And Leia's like, he's using the Force. That's and then Han reason. responds, uh, there's no such thing as the Force. And Leia says, uh, why don't you tell him that? And <laughs> so um, uh, it's just like another uh, few more generic little battle scenes. There's not really any anything too noteworthy the rest of this one. They all escape and get back to space when Luke says, I need to go back to Tatooine to see, uh, he wants to go to Ben's hut. He wants to go to Kenobi's hut, see if there's anything Ben might have left him uh, okay. just in case. Because he, he, he loses Ben, he doesn't know about Yoda, he has no clue what to do at this point Like to take his Jedi training any further. When he loses to Vader so quickly in his battle on the first planet I was talking about, it kind of really shakes him. And he says he doesn't want to do any rebel missions until he kind of becomes more of a trained in the ways of the Force. And this was probably his first, like, lightsaber battle with another um, Force yes, user. Yes, this was, this was, this Pro was like almost immediately after Episode 4. Like, Vader doesn't know who most of these rebels are and like Han isn't even there's not even a bounty on Han yet this is his first mission like as an official rebel basically okay um I, yeah so from there Luke goes back to Tatooine meanwhile Han asks Leia for the parts to fix his ship because obviously it was damaged in battle because it's damaged in every battle but uh he asks Leia for the parts I... to fix the Falcon and Leia says uh, if you help me on a mission, I'll give you the parts. Han says, I literally just helped you. I put a like a 10,000 credit bounty on my head. Why can't I have the parts? And then Han's like, oh, I get it. You just don't want me to leave. And uh, Leia's like, ah, you're going to be my co-pilot or you can't have the parts. So they take off on this mission. And their mission is in like, <laughs> what's the what's the ship that the Empire uses that has the... It kind of looks like an A folded up and then... It un the wings unfold. I do not know. Okay. I've got no clue. Um, anyways, it's I'm sure we can all picture <laughs> it in our mind. Again, we're not the best Star Wars fans in the world. We just love this universe. No, I I, I know. We just yeah, love I the universe. It. Maybe just, it's a galactic I can't. star cruiser. I don't know. But uh, anyways, it's like a tear up from a TIE fighter. And uh, so they're in this ship. Luke and... Okay. It's Luke, it's Han and Leia by themselves at this point in the ship on the mission. And they're just flying along when all of a sudden two TIE fighters pop up. And uh, they're asking for clearance codes because it's an 
it's not in an area that they were really designated to be in. And Han is freaking out. He's like, we got to go. I can outfly him. I'm not good at being a co-pilot. I'm going to take over. And Leia's like, uh, just stop, idiot. I have clearance codes. And she sends him along. And uh, as the stormtroopers and the TIE fighters are, are like, they're just about to tell him, like, they're good to go. Like, they, they've literally said the words. And then Han hits the accelerator, like, as fast as he can. And as soon he hears them say they're clear, and he stops it real quick. And he gets on the intercom, and he says, oh, sorry, the, uh, the accelerator backfired. We're all good here. But naturally, the stormtroopers are like, stay put, or we're coming to board your ship. If you move, we will fire. So, of course, Han takes off. And, uh, that's fair. Yes, for sure. Meanwhile, back on Tatooine, the next issue opens with Boba Fett in busting open the door to the cantina. Boba Fett is asking who the, the new rebel is that destroyed the Death Star. He wants names. He wants to know who was with Ben Kenobi. And no one seems to know until finally about the 20th person he harasses. Uh, says Luke Skywalker and tells him like about Ben's hut way out in the desert that no one really knows about. And he says, I've told you all I know. Can I can I please go now, Boba Fett? And Mr. Fett says, yeah, sure. And he turns around and shoots him because obviously he's Boba Fett. Obviously, yeah. I mean, what so now it cuts to Luke arriving at Ben Kenobi's hut and there is a book or something. It's a It's like a case. It says, for Luke in Arabesh. And, uh... I've been hilarious in English. I agree. Just like, for for Luke. But, uh, from there, (laughs) we cut back. Han and Leia, they're in the ship. They're flying around. They see this planet. Han's like, oh, go down there. And Leia's like, you're an idiot. There's, like, really deadly storms there that'll kill us the instant that we fly into it. And Han's like, just trust me. And for some reason, Leia just trusts him. I don't know why she would, but she did. So... They fly into the storms, and what do you know? It's like a really thin layer of storm, and below there's like this really cool planet. They land. They're fine. The uh, the TIE fighters, they're just sitting there like, I think they're dead, right? They couldn't have survived that. And uh, the other one was like, Obviously. I mean, we should probably be sure, though. And uh, back down on the planet, Han leads Leia into this cave. He grabs some, uh, I believe it was Corellian wine. He hands her a glass and says, uh, you want some? Leia storms off and says, you idiot, we almost got killed. You're trying to, like, you're trying to hit on me right now. And uh, then we, yeah, for sure. And then uh, we cut back. And uh, we're in Ben Kenobi's head again with Luke and R2. And uh, the bottom panel of the comic shows a flash grenade. And it hits. I flip the page. What do you know? It's Boba Fett confronting Luke Skywalker. We got a battle between Boba Fett, Luke uh-huh. Skywalker, blinded, by the way. The grenade totally blinded Luke. He couldn't see this entire battle. He uh he has his he has, uh blue lightsaber out. He ha- and Boba is just kinda going to town. Luke touches his armor. He says, Oh, a stormtrooper. What are you doing here? And uh Boba says uh, obviously he's not a stormtrooper. And Luke says, That's alright, I'm a Jedi. Uh Boba says, You're no Jedi. I've uh Encounter Jedi, you're not a Jedi. And uh, Luke, uh, he says, I'm not quite a Jedi, but I've been taught by one, and I can take you. Boba said, good luck with that, or something like that. They continue to fight, and 
eventually Luke gets the upper hand. It was it was a really well done battle for a comic. Like I was pretty immersed at this point. But uh the comic eventually ends with like Boba kind of knocked out and Luke walking away with the the thing that was labeled for him from Obi-Wan. That was the the end of Luke for volume 1. That was the cliffhanger for Luke. Um from there we cut back to Han and Leia. As Leia is storming off, this other ship just zooms past the two TIE fighters through the storms down to where Luke, to where uh, Leia and Han are. Leia's freaking out because there's some ship coming at him at 100 miles an hour. And uh, from there, the ship lands, out walks this lady. Um, the lady, she's like. Um, she was like wearing armor that made you think she was a bounty hunter or something, but she takes off her helmet, walks down the ramp, Leia asks who she is, and all she says is, uh, I'm his wife, and points at Han. Turns out this is Sana Solo, Han Solo's wife. Yeah, this is, uh, much much more interesting than the the last comic I reviewed. This is this has major like canonical implications. It didn't end up in the movies obviously, but there's some major backstory here that we didn't know about like a lot of our favorite characters. I would and that's I was thinking when you were describing all this I'm like, man, why didn't they like I mean, I know why they didn't make a movie out of it. But man, now, I've got I got to read. I this. said it's on Solo's like, life, the... but maybe that's just the cliffhanger they left us on. Maybe I get to volume two, and it turns out she's someone else. She's lying. Something like I don't know. I'm just giving. I'm giving you the perspective of someone reading this for the first time with no extra research about what's coming right. in the future issues. Did we? Uh, did we ever figure out what was in that book? No, that was the that was ben. also one of the cliffhangers they left us with. So, I'm probably. But man, I mean, I'm probably going to continue with this series for a while. So we should be able to figure it out in the coming weeks. Cool, cool. But I mean, a fight between honestly, Boba yeah, and it was. It did more for Boba Fett's <laughs> character than the entire original trilogy. I mean, the closest thing we got was he hunted Luke a smidge mm-hmm. bit in Empire, and then that very I, brief like, interaction. I know in was it was it in Jedi, in Jedi when like Boba made it seem like they had met before. I believe like people always wondered when they actually met. I think this was probably created just to answer that question, but it turned out really well done. I think. And like the setting of the fight in Ben's old home. Oh. Definitely. Ben's old home, by the way, was a mess. That's this perfect. guy had trash everywhere. I don't know if maybe it had been raided in the time since they left the planet, but if that's how Ben lived, I the guy needed a maid. Well, I mean he wasn't crazy <laughs> over Hermit. So well, anyway, Andy, that was Andy. that was my review of Star Wars Volume One, Skywalker Strikes Back. And this, I'm going to have to go with four and a half lightsabers out of five. I want to leave an extra half a lightsaber just in case something say. tops it. I don't want to set the bar too high, but this is definitely the best comic we've read here on Sheets Comic Store thus far. 
so this would be the the first one that like people should go out of their way to uh to read because this one just sounded phenomenal in every way you get the character development between Han and Leia you get the character development with Boba you get absolutely what yep. seems like a couple big twists with the book and whoever this lady is who claims she's Han's wife I mean right like, yep this Han being committed it's a character to I had never seen before but that's crazy well four and a half lightsabers out of five. There's, that is, uh, there's room to move up, but glowing, there's not much room, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that. This was that, episode three is, of Sheets Comic Store, this podcast within a podcast. And with that, I think that takes us to our next ad break, Andy. Hey, sounds good. I think we have a special guest on this week's you know, I, I got to be honest, this this so, ad uh, this week, it was kind of sent in anonymously. I'm not sure what's coming up, but uh, I'm intrigued to find out. They paid pretty well. Well, good. So you said they paid pretty well, so it might be a little bit longer ad than usual. But, hey, we take any type of credits except for Republic credits. Absolutely. Where we can get Catch you guys after the break. died before, following numerous terrorist attacks and now two of my own deaths. The Empire will be reborn! Join us today as we rebuild the galaxy into a world of structure, safety, and peace. Don't heed to those disguising themselves as a resistance. It's merely a facade to hide their evil intent of promoting chaos! If you are a true galactic nationalist, join the fight today by emailing me at palps.sithlord at empire.com. P.S. If you see a young brunette running around calling herself Ray Skywalker, shoot us an email with her location. She's totally lying. Back to the show. And uh, welcome, welcome back. Uh, like I said, guys, he he paid well. I we didn't really vet the ad. I I mean, you're you all have freedom. So if you if you enjoyed that, then give him an email. If not, uh, thank you. Anyways, uh, and hey, we're we're fine with selling out with certain people, and uh, I believe he's one of them. So. Uh, Anyways, I guess we'll get back to the show. Uh, we were going to talk about Kenobi, the upcoming Disney Plus series. Um, we're just going to kind of give our thoughts, our theories. I know Andy and I are super excited for it. So, uh, yeah. The the tagline for the show reads, Obi-Wan Kenobi begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith, where he faced his greatest defeat. The downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Our fans will be thrilled that Hayden Christensen will be returning in the role of Darth Vader. This will be the rematch of the century. That comes from Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, I guess... uh... I guess we can uh, start off with that last line I think that's a great place to start, Rematch of the century. What a 
Wow. So what do you think? What, what do you, what are your first like gut reactions? So what do you think? I that, mean, my initial be? reaction was that like they never met in between episodes three and four. So she has to be referring to like a flashback, but if it's a rematch, then it wouldn't be a rematch if it was a flashback. So I'm like in, really intrigued as to what she could mean. I don't, I don't know that I have a clue. See, this is, and this might be an unpopular opinion. This is one of those things that um, if they want to retcon that line of um, Obi-Wan saying, or Vader saying, when I was, when we last saw each other, I was the learner. Now I am the master. If they just like pigeonhole and be like, okay, just going to make them actually come face to face again and just fight. I would be totally Could okay it also be that. that like maybe they did meet again, but Darth Vader still lost, so he still considered himself the learner. Like maybe Obi-Wan handed his butt to him exactly. another time that we don't know about. Right, like maybe uh obviously there probably wouldn't be any more physical mm-hmm. damage. Well, um, I mean, we've seen I, I mean, we've I guess seen times where like, Va- like in comics and stuff now, I've seen times where Vader like loses a limb and they just repair him. They just repair him yeah. again. He's like he's so much uh mechanical at this point. He's more yes. machine now exactly. rather than man. Um yeah, like I was about to say like I mean, we could see Kenobi like lop off another hand or something just to kind of get like the point across and then Kenobi escapes. Um but I think it'll be more of an actual, or I don't know if I think this, I hope it'll be more of an actual physical face-off than a, like, force vision slash connection. Yes. That's just so I think favorite. most of us would, would hope for an actual face-off after she says a line like that. But as long as they do it in a way that doesn't take away from the original trilogy, I think, is the key. Right, right. Because I think... Um, like you said, you can kind of twist that line that Vader said and manipulate it and be like, well, technically, if they did... Right. Like, they never said, hey, the last time I saw you, we were on Mustafar. He said, the last time I saw you, I was a learner. Now I am the master. So you could manipulate, move that line in a way that uh, it's still faithful to the original trilogy, but we can still get this rematch of the century. Um, I am kind of nervous. I feel like they set themselves up, but uh, knowing, um, I believe Deborah Chow is the director yep. for the series, yep. correct? And she directed a couple of my favorite Mandalorian episodes. Um, I believe in season one, it was episode three where, uh, Mando decided to go back and rescue Grogu from uh, the Empire and, like, the Bounty mm-hmm. Guild uh, helped yep. escape at the end. And so it had really good action and some good heart and good story. Um, so I think she'll be able to really convey a great story through all this. What do you think, like, speaking of story, what do you think, like, the main story will be? I, so... As someone who really loves Rebels, I really love uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, I would love a scenario where maybe Vader finds out that Kenobi's alive, but he doesn't know where to look, so he starts sending 
Inquisitors. I think live action Inquisitors would be a really cool way to take it. And yeah, it would be a I, good way to add more action, more like uh, extra, some extra lightsaber battles without making Vader and Kenobi confront like more than once. I totally agree. Um, like maybe, and I think it's we're we're ready for live I action agree. Inquisitors. Um, they were like you said, they were great in Rebels. They were great in Fallen Order. Um, I think that was a good way to introduce mm-hmm. them, and uh, I think the overall audience is receptive enough to them where you can now put them in live. I think action. it makes sense based on and, how Vader reacts to Ben when he first realizes he's there on the ship in Episode Four. He doesn't. He's not surprised that Ben's still alive. So I think there has to be some moment when Vader finds out about him before episode four. Otherwise he would have he would have assumed he was dead by then, you know? Right. Right. Because I mean, like you said, if they wouldn't have had another interaction, he just probably would have thought, Well, I mean my Inquisitors or Ordered sixty six would have got to him eventually. Right, yeah, for sure. Um and I think that, like, I think they needed this um, because, one, I think everybody, I mean, you see everywhere people are clamoring for a Vader solo movie or a Vader series. And I don't think we necessarily need. I agree. I mean, if you look that, at just the comic library, there's three or four different comics with the name Vader in the title. They've explored just about every piece of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader's life at this point. Obviously, there's always more timeline you could find, like two days here or a month here, but it's right. just at a certain right. point, it takes away from the aura of of who Vader was, I think. Right, and I, I see this argument on Twitter all the time, and I don't know if that's the best place to grab your arguments from, but I do think it's valid. Um, that Vader had a whole six epi- six movie arc. Mm-hmm. Like, he had six movies, like, dedicated to him. And I think people just want more of Hallway Rogue yes. One Vader. I think they want, like, a whole series on that. And I think we'll be able to get a little bit of that mm-hmm. in this series. Um, and I think that'll quench the thirst of a lot of people. And, uh, especially with Hayden Christensen coming back, knowing that it's him inside the suit. And um, if you guys looked up what we talked about last week with the, uh, the concept art, we will see him more than likely out of the suit as a damaged Anakin Skywalker. Um, I think that will definitely cool the uh, animosity of there not being a solo Vader film. I mean, let's just go back to our theory that, uh, like Obi-Wan could beat him in a duel and that's how he's still a learner. I mean, that would be a very easy way for us to to get Vader without like half of his helmet so we can actually see Hayden Christensen, I think. Ah, oh, kind of like how they did in Rebels with uh, yeah, Vader and Yeah, Ahsoka. like that, but I mean, he could cut off even more of the helmet if they really wanted to show Hayden, you know? I, this thought just came to me. How cool would it be if like we saw like a flicker like a very small flicker of Anakin, like contemplating mm-hmm. his place in the Force. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And then the dark I mean, just it 
in in Rebels when he faced off with Ahsoka, it, with Ahsoka, um, they made it seem like uh, they made it seem like he was at least possibly questioning, but obviously nothing came of it. Right. But they've hinted, they've tried to drop hints here and there that he was never fully on the dark side. And I just thought about this too. How crazy would that be if, like, Kenobi talked to Vader, like, about so, like, he named that would be really cool because we never got we never got that opportunity in the uh, prequels, obviously, because Ahsoka wasn't no, yeah. And so now, if we get Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan talking to Hayden Christensen and they name drop that would be really cool. That would be so bizarre. And just so surreal and really cool. Um, do you think, I know we've kind of joked about this, but uh, so obviously I think a majority of the story is going to take place on yes. Um Because they still have to fulfill the obligation of, that's why Obi-Wan mm-hmm. is there. I mean, he's not going to be probably off world for the majority if of the series. If he is, it's going to be very um, brief. For I would, sure. Right. And it'll probably be at the end of the series if he confronts Vader. Right, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it being like uh, Ben knows that Vader kind of knows where he's at or something. And in order to kind of lure him away from Luke, he would go to another place to confront him. And then after the battle's over, he maybe takes off in another direction and kind of circles back to Tatooine undetected. Right. Because if if he can draw all the attention away from mm-hmm. Tatooine, um, no one's gonna right. Tatooine. Like it's not going to be Inquisitor sent there. Um, so obviously, we're probably going to see some of maybe ten year old Luke. Could we see maybe some of this deep fake CGI technology to give us a ten year old Mark Hamill? Or do you think we're going to get a completely new? Um, oh, what was his name? Ah, the guy, the kid who played Anakin in Episode One. Will uh, we get another? Honestly, I Lloyd, Jake Lloyd. Will we get another Jake? Lloyd I don't see situation? the deep fake situation because they don't have the same film of ten-year-old Mark Hamill that they had of twenty-five-year-old Mark Hamill. I, <laughs> if we see Luke, uh, they'll just they'll recast as a ten-year-old, I think, and hopefully they learned their lesson from. Uh, Jake Lloyd, but I guess we'll see. I get an actual child actor. Well, hi, Lando. Lando just made a guest <laughs> appearance, everybody. He sure did. Lando is uh, is Josh's dog. Um, I don't know where he got the name from, but uh, he got cool it name. from me saying, "All right, we can get a dog, but uh, he has to be named after someone in Star Wars." And after I made my way through about four names, we landed on Lando. So, which is one of the best dog names and one of the best dogs. Uh, yeah, really good cool. boy. Um, I miss you, <laughs> Lando. Um, so we've got a few uh, cast members that have been announced, um, and one of them, I believe, their name is Indira yeah, she's, Varma. Uh, she was in Game of I'm Thrones. Don't ask right. me her character's but, name. Uh, there was too many names for me to remember in that show, but she was she did play a a really cool part in that show, and 
I enjoyed her work, so I'm excited to see what Deborah Child does with her in this. Yeah, so I'm not sure who exactly she could play. Um, I'm hoping, uh, like we've talked about earlier, um, I would assume probably a live action. Yeah, that's quiz the vibe I get just based on the character she's played in the past. I know a lot of people on the internet immediately knee-jerk reaction was Satine, but I just, I don't see it. Uh, I see her as an Inquisitor or maybe even just an Imperial officer of some kind, like. Yeah, and I, as much as I love the Obi-Wan and Satine, uh, story mm-hmm. and relationship. I I don't think they're going to make that uh, a point in this series um, because I think the series is only six yeah. episodes long and it's only one season. So they're going to have quite a bit to fill and Obi-Wan would have already had time to process the grief of yes. losing Satine. It's not like he lost her at the mm-hmm. end of Revenge of the Sith. Um, we've already seen that process, so I don't think we really need to I see I feel it like with again. one season um, of a six-episode show, Disney knows what we want to see from Obi-Wan Kenobi. They know what we enjoyed in the first exactly. three movies we got him, and uh, we're going to get six episodes of nonstop. Like, we might get a slow opening that first episode, but I feel like there's going to be a moment where... Uh, somehow the Empire or someone finds out where Ben is, and from there it's just, how do I protect Luke at all costs? How do I escape this? Uh, we need to take down the Empire at some point, and if I die now, that's just not ever going to happen. Right. You know how I imagine, or how I would love I did this, this for Acolyte last week, so why don't you lead us through Andy's version of Kenobi? Okay, so I, I'm not like a whole through line, but I think this would be a really killer opening. Um, so if you remember one of my favorite parts of The Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. how it started. So we have a ship. Um, could be a TIE Interceptor, TIE Fighter, whatever, flanked by yep. other TIE Fighters, going down to a planet. And we see Jedi on this planet, maybe one or two, and you can Mm -hmm. tell they're in hiding. And let's say it's like a dark foresty night planet or something, something with like low visibility. Yes. So they, they sense something. They're looking around. They know something is coming. They're running through the woods. Then we pretty much get a redo of hallway rogue one. We see the red lightsaber (laughs) pop out. We hear the breath. And we see Vader just slash down this one Jedi. And then maybe there's a couple mm-hmm. other Jedi that come out on the side and they're like, it's, it's over. There's too many of us. You can't possibly take us all by yourself. And then we have the helicopter mm-hmm. inquisitors, like yeah. I like to call them. And they come down and they just absolutely <laughs> trash these Jedi. And Vader, you can just see all the hate and rage mm-hmm. and anger he's got while he's just slashing through these four guys. And then it flashes to like an Obi-Wan 
who is like sweating, like in the middle of his sleep. Mm -hmm. And he like wakes up because he like senses all of this. And he goes in the room, checks on Luke. And we may even see him commune and talk with Qui-Gon like in force mm -hmm. ghost form. Yeah. That would be really neat. And Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan say something as like along the lines of like, you need to prepare. It's almost time. And then it hits the main. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking hype music? Like we and have for Mandalorian, really like there's going to be a, a hype score that just like starts pumping up the jam or what? I really, I really hope we get like a hype. Uh, like Obi Wan Kenobi uh -huh. score, just kind of remixed. Because um, I don't think he really has a like a like a theme song, like how Yoda has his song, right? Like a version of the Force theme or something. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really cool. So another question: You think That's Obi Wan just just pops into Luke's room unannounced and just checks on him? Yeah, like like Luke is still sleeping, but Obi Wan just like he's uh -huh. in his hut or whatever, and uh, he kind of. You think you think Owen ever catches Obi Wan? He's kind of a little a little worried. <laughs> probably, probably. I, they they are recasting. Yeah, I believe series, so. Yeah, Joel. I think Joel Edgerton yeah. plays Owen. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. That's I love. He him. is. He's, he's really a great good. Actor. He was in. Uh, I really, I really liked mm -hmm. him in The Great Gatsby. He played the one of the bad guys, one of the rich bad guys. That narrows <laughs> it down. Great job, Andy. But, um, but I just I think that would be cool. Um, I hope we get like a Quinlan Voss or like some like lower level uh -huh. Jedi. Uh, um, that maybe Vader and the Inquisitors catch and they torture to see if... Because all the Jedi will know that Obi-Wan Kenobi is still out there because he sent yeah, out Yeah, I think um, the, your opening idea would be cool. Um, I like that we get to the Inquisitors ending up taking out some Jedi as well. Because I think while Vader will be like the final boss, I think the... Uh, the Inquisitors are probably going to be the main villain, like throughout the show, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, you need to establish them as like right. Not everyone has um, watched Rebels or played the video game to know uh, who they are. So I think it's important to establish to the live audience, like, here's who these people are. They take out Jedi like in an instant, unless they're like some really powerful Force users. So maybe even just take Vader out of the opening scene, or maybe not out of the opening scene, but maybe start with the Inquisitors. I think it's a good idea down. to have them together um, just to establish, like, they work for Vader. Well, like, I was going to say, like, maybe have the Inquisitors kill a couple of Jedi, then they capture, let's mm -hmm. say, Quinlan Voss, and he's like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything, and then... Then the Inquisitors take him prisoner and take yeah. him to Vader. Like kind that of like cool. opening scene. And then like who are you? You're mm -hmm. not even a Sith. You're just whatever. Um and then it might be cool if we get like some Jedi that uh 
like didn't die in order 66 like actually turn to become that inquisitors that would be interesting i don't i don't know who we could get that like may oh what was her name um there is uh in the 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 jedi that was ahsoka's friend who framed ahsoka for the bombing i don't remember her name but you got to remember also in uh Jedi Fallen Order, one of the main Inquisitors that we're fighting, the, the last Inquisitor you fight in the game, was originally the Padawan of a Jedi turned Inquisitor. That's right. There's so much Absolutely. they could do with this. I mean, there is. And I think that would be really cool to... Because we've never seen... We've seen, like, obviously Anakin mm-hmm. fall to the dark side, but... We've heard of Count Dooku falling to the dark side, obviously, but we've never seen, like, a Jedi go to the dark side, like, out of, hey, we're going to kill you and all your friends if you don't Yeah, I'd be interested if that would even happen. I just feel like if it gets to the point where they're resisting, then they're they're already dead, basically. Right. But they might still be building up the Inquisitor. That's true. It could be a time period where they don't have many many members. You're right. They just yep. may need recruits at this point. Um, but I overall, I, uh, I'm i hyped about this series. Um, I think we're probably going to get it, I would say, spring or summer of 2022. Yeah, I know, I know they're pretty much um, done filming. They'll have to do some pickups here and there, but uh, they're not going to rush it out, I don't think. No, um, so I guess to close this out, I will ask you, uh, what, what is one hot take, one steaming hot take you have for this coming mm. series? Is it a hot take to say I'm excited to see Hayden Christensen again? I don't, I know a lot of people didn't love him, but. Well, to some people, maybe. <laughs> some people may. That's, that's my hot take, that's that uh, Hayden Christensen's back, and we should be excited about that. I am pumped to see Hayden Christensen with Disney level writing and not George <laughs> Lucas writing. No offense, George. Again, we love you. You're a great director, producer. You're not <laughs> the best writer. So <laughs> I am pumped to see Hayden Christensen work under the direction of Deborah Chow. And, Oh, this is a hot take and Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, wow. You're going to get some unsubscribers with that one. Um, say it. Make. But, uh, no, I think, let me try to think of one. A hot take for me is I I think we're going to get Quinlan Voss as a Jedi Uh turned Inquisitor. And then, um, Obi-Wan turns him at the end and Vader kills Quinlan. And then that leads into the Kenobi-Vader confrontation. You heard it here, folks. And he just predicted the entire show. Uh, unlike last week, uh, they've already wrapped filming on this, so they probably won't steal our ideas. But uh. No, but if this does happen to be the plot, spoiler alert, and I apologize in advance. All right, folks, with that being finished, we have one more segment this week. It's time for episode two of How's It Rated? Our favorite podcast within a podcast besides Sheets Comic Store on this podcast. What do you got for me this week, Andy? 
All right, Cheats, you might have seen this one coming, but uh, you sent me a tweet earlier in the week. Uh-huh. And just the perfect idea for this segment. And it's probably going to seem like a joke at first, but Anakin Skywalker's You on Sand. Underrated? Overrated? I see. I remember the tweet I sent you, and uh, basically it's along the lines of Anakin's view on sand is because of his upbringing on a desolate desert planet, and he hates sand because he's used to working as a slave for hours and hours and hours with sand everywhere, never escaping it, and... Even when he goes in his hut, he's probably trapped sand in. It's everywhere. He doesn't have a shower. He's just been caked in sand for years and years and years. With all that being said, uh, it's perfectly rated. It was absolutely terrible writing. If that's what they meant, they should have expressed it in those words. They shouldn't leave that up to some man on Twitter 20-some years later uh, making it into a tweet. The the quotes from the movie are perfectly rated. Anakin Skywalker said it as if he was the most cringy person in the entire universe. So, I, I think it's perfectly rated. I don't think we need to change that. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, absolutely horrible. Uh, awful. Cringy. Disgusting. Um, downright, sometimes embarrassing writing. But you got to love the creativity of these fans who go back and try to rectify the best. Absolutely. Out of a and I don't but really feel like it's too day, far-fetched to say that's that may be what George Lucas meant in his writing. It's just not how it came across on screen. It's not, if you read the script, that's not what you're going to get from it. So uh, while the sentiment may have been there from I George, it. I don't think we can justify the the way it was written yeah i gotta tell you not once in the past when did that come out in like 2002 so like 19 Mm -hmm. years since its release uh did i ever make that connection or connotation between uh the the line of dialogue and i completely agree So, well, thank you, Sheets, for your input on episode three of What's It Rated? That's a How's It Rated, folks. And, uh, uh, Andy messed up the title, but uh, that we, uh, was our episode, episode two of, of that podcast was in a podcast. But uh, uh, extra thoughts for me this week. Uh, I'm hyped for Star Wars Volume 2, the comic, uh, continuing that next week on the podcast within a podcast. But... Uh, other than that, I'm just I'm happy we got to talk again, and uh, hope everyone enjoyed listening. What have you got for us, Andy? Uh, nothing much. Um, I'm just uh, I have a exciting week ahead. Um, we're gonna record ahead of schedule for next week's. So we don't know what it will be. It might be a little bit shorter episode, or it might be this average length. Um, but this time next week, hopefully, I will be uh, screaming my lungs out at the return of CM Punk in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, hopefully the return of Brian Danielson, the professional That is a not confirmed here, folks. We got a college football 
We got a college football, a professional wrestling, and a Star Wars podcast all in one. So we, we're we just hitting all bases here, everybody. But uh, that's all we have for you this week on Banter on Bestman. Uh, we hope everybody has a great week. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe uh, this episode in our podcast with all your Star Wars loving fans. And, uh, we'll see you next week. May the Force be with you.